Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Devi Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Shane, and Nelly back with you again. Um, Shane, I got to talk with you about something real quick. I feel like Nelly has somehow like made his way into just about every podcast. And you know what? Not hating it. Oh, look, that's good because it would have been really awkward if you had hated it and he was on this podcast as well. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the worst part is like... he also listens when we're not, when we don't invite him <laughs> on. So, you know. which is wild which is wild so you know, uh, yeah i guess hard, we've become a hard trio to get here, any uh, hard to get any anti nelly stances <laughs> out on the pot anymore you know yeah we'll, we'll have to save that for like the super duper secret pod that's just you and me and no one can listen to it uh, that okay. just says <laughs> film talk and nelly be like nah i don't need no, that, that <laughs> yeah no i um, would skip that episode <laughs> <laughs> But Nelly, we're happy to have you. Uh, you want to throw some numbers at us? Um. <laughs> oh boy, that's your great. Favorite, what's your spot. favorite number? You had, I, I got you. Two, ten, <laughs> eight, four <laughs> numbers. I've got a number. I've got a number. Malik yeah, Willis's yeah, we... rushing market share was thirty-five percent. Keep that in mind. Is that the highest market share that we've ever seen out of a first-round quarterback? No, Lamar Jackson was like 50%, but it's second highest. So you're basically telling me that they're the same player. Um, n- no, I'm not telling you that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> trying to read between the lines here, kind of trying to connect dots. No, 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 don't. I don't want it out there that I'm I'm saying that Malik Willis is Lamar Jackson, but there's a, say- there's some parallels. Are you saying you're anti Brees Hall 101? Um, to be determined. We'll see. I'll, I'll play middleman on that. Let's say that Malik Willis goes top ten. I'll probably take Malik Willis. Hell yeah. We got him. We got him, Shane. Right, right in there. He's he's in uh, pro Malik Willis camp. Well, and I was I was I was on that train a long time ago, but I didn't think Brees Hall was going to be this good. And by good, you mean just athletic? Yeah, this athletic. Because that's the only difference that's happened. Yeah, <laughs> I actually really athletic. I actually traded in a C two C league. I traded Brees Hall for Malik Willis, and I got laughed at. And I was feeling really good a couple months ago, but now it's it's pretty much even. I think I think you're looking at the top two picks in this rookie draft, right? Like exactly. either way you want to slice it, it's really great. Um, but Shane Nelly, we I put out on the interwebs. Uh, granted, I was a little tipsy, but um, I put on the interwebs that that uh, we got to find some guests for April uh, because I think it's more fun to talk about football with more people. It's great that we can just keep spouting our nonsense over and over and over again, but we want other people to spout their nonsense. So we got what I would call one of the kings of nonsense, and that is our boy at Herms NFL. Herms, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, baby! Oh, yeah! You, mm, you wanted nonsense, you got nonsense. It's your boy, Herms. What up, though? Yeah! Got a question for you, Herms. And oh, now, yes, yes. this is just a one-word answer. All right. Is what I need from you. Who is the Scranton Strangler? Creed. The more I've gotten into it, I really think it's Creed. I. It's not Toby. I tell you what. It's definitely not Toby. I mean, people have tried to put the and like, look, I'm. It, we've talked about it before. You know, like there are certain fan theories I can get behind. That is not one of them where enough of the dots really connect. It just, it's not there. Like Toby, weird dude, maybe doing some other stuff. Not that. Not the Scranton Strangler. It's he. He's not. Like he probably like moves around Michael's toys on his desk, but like I doubt he's the guy out there strangling people. You know. It does not seem likely like the that is one of those theories where I'm just like that y'all are really grasping at straws here to make this case work. It just it doesn't it doesn't vibe with me at all. I don't see it. Right. And if if the crux of your argument, right, is to be like, oh, well, he went to go visit the Scranton Strangler. It's like, yeah, because Toby doesn't have a whole lot 
else going on in his life. Uh, and the only time people would actually listen to him is when he talked about the Scranton Strangler. So maybe he just kind of wanted to uh, be in the center of attention for just a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, it was either go to visit the Scranton Strangler or go back to Costa Rica. I mean, I don't, you know, <laughs> like I, I, that wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, he broke his neck. He ain't going back. Not at all. Yeah. And like, the, the evolution of his character just like becoming like. I mean, you could see it as time went along, like he just became very worn down by not finding a way to fit in at the office. But I don't know that any of that would have resulted in a murder spree. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was not like the devolving of his like whatever internal fortitude he may have possessed at the beginning of the series. Like I nothing happened so dramatic that he was going to reach that low. You know, like your read of that makes way more sense than some of the other stuff that's floated out there. I'm just like, oh, I'm taking it way too far. Like, I, I, I can't get behind it. There's only one. There's like one fan theory I like really buy into above like all of the other ones with like a minor flaw to it. And that is definitely not the one. It's not even close. What's, what's that one real quick before we talk football? So... Before I get into what kind of makes it a little loose, the theory that in the final season of The Office that Jim is having an extramarital affair uh, behind yeah, Pam's back while he's it. spending time in Philadelphia. It's like there are certain things that like maybe, but the thing about it is that throughout the course of the series, Daryl got close enough with a few of the other people at The Office. I feel like including Pam just close enough to the point where like he would not have been able to like for, for however close he got to Jim and them sharing that, you know, quote unquote little bachelor pad apartment area. Like I think Daryl is a good enough person to not let that fly. You know what I mean? I feel like that would have been confronted very quickly. So unless I am judging the character of that character wrong, and like his relationship with some of the other people at Dunder Mifflin, then I, it's, it doesn't seem super likely. There's enough compelling evidence that I'm like, okay, I see where you're going with this, but like the Daryl domino in it doesn't seem like one that would fall, in my opinion. I, I, I don't know. That's the closest I've gotten to being like, this whole thing makes a lot of sense, but that one little flaw, I'm like... Not sure if I can go there. I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, I am I am I nuts for you know thinking that like I think that's a pretty good uh you know little hole to poke in that. Yeah, I I just have a hard time just seeing that that could ever happen. Like that's just me. Like it's it's a tough one to to visualize. That's tough. But uh Shane Nelly, thoughts on the office? I I knew who those characters were, so that was good. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Nelly? Yeah, I've seen the show, but I remember nothing of anything I've ever watched beyond the past two weeks. Like, I just don't do references. It's really, really sad. But <laughs> Nelly just doesn't do those references. You don't, you don't get those. I that's just don't remember that. That's all Herms that I have over here. <laughs> Kate and I are just on our little island being like digging super deep into just like, oh my God. Yeah. Have you thought how Pam is the moral compass of the office? <laughs> One thousand percent, it is absolutely because, like, Knew it. why would they like giving her like the last line of the series to wrap it up so beautifully? Like, it, like I, I think it became pretty obvious, like throughout, you know, like plenty of seasons before that happened that she was the center of the show. But like, if people hadn't caught up to that, you know, by then, like that final season, it was just like, and they talked about it a lot on like the office, uh, like the oral history that Brian Baumgartner yeah. did for Spotify and all right. that, and like the series didn't end until she was ready to leave. You know what I mean? Cause like for as much as people, you know, think like, Oh, it's centered around Michael. It's like, well, no, the show kept a way to keep going without Michael. And there were still unresolved things for a lot of characters, but like that was the last person that really needed to find their own path in a way, you know what I mean? To really find their strength because like, I feel like pretty much every other character at that point had except for her. And it, you know, like they talked about that a lot for a reason. And I completely agree with, you know, their assessment of it. And even before I heard that, I mean, like, I think it was one of those things where from afar, you can kind of get that impression, you know, and like, I just, 
I don't know, dude. I love that show so much. Well, <laughs> I love that and, show so well, much. Well, and and you can tell, right? Every time Michael does something stupid, they pan to a few people, right? But almost always the last pan is Pam, right? They pan to Pam every time to see if that's actually something that is like how people should be reacting to it, right? Um, but we got to stop talking about the office, though. Um, oh. Herms, it, well, if you want to talk about the office, find Herms and I in a little dive bar down in Canton, Ohio in august and uh we can talk about the office as much as you want i'm currently on i'm just starting the rewatch of the super fan episodes which are super great because you get an extra like seven minutes so i'm of officey goodness but you know let's just get into it shane what do you want to talk about oh um Look, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about anything. This is good. I, I, I kind of want to get into, uh, I think, because I, I know Herms has done some work on some of these rookies. We've talked rookies in Dynasty in general, but I, I want to I pick his brain because I think uh, reading some of the tweets, seeing Herms look at these rookies kind of fresh eyes more recently, I, I, I want to hear who he likes and, and what, what his thoughts are. Maybe we can go around the horn a little bit. Yeah, Herms, who you like? Well, it's ooh, what position? I mean, you know what I mean. Like that's, I, I, I don't know. I'll I'll start with quarterback just because I guess it's a pretty natural launching point, especially because so many people play in super flex leagues. So like, I mean, we already you've you already touched on Malik Willis. I mean, like it's it's pretty apparent that he's going to be that top guy. But like the thing that I'm really keeping my eye on, like it's it's a couple guys, honestly, like. Matt Corral is somebody that I find to be particularly fascinating. And I know just even like as a Steelers fan, I'm really worried about like, you know, like, are we going to draft somebody? Cause I know like Mitch Trubisky is going to be a fine bridge quarterback, I suppose. But like, there are some guys in this class that I feel like could probably, you know, find a way to grow in Matt Canada's offense and looking at somebody like Matt Corral. I mean, like he did a lot of that work with the RPO stuff and like, I don't know, like, he's a little bit skinnier, a little bit more of a beanpole, but, like, he has enough of, like, a similar-ish, like, or at least, like, adjacent skill set to Malik Willis that, like, I don't know, like, I know, like, Tomlin in the front office, like, they seem to be enamored with, you know, Malik Willis, but I don't know that they're probably gonna have to trade up to get him based off of, like, everything that, you know, keeps swirling around it. I would rather them just sit at 20 and just see if, you know, Corral's gonna be around, because, like, I think that would be cool, but regardless of where he goes there's a decent chance he could develop into something. I really like his ceiling, but the other one, like, and I'm genuinely like, I don't know how to feel about Desmond Ritter. I don't, my grade is incomplete. I'm just like (laughs) completely throwing my hands up in the air. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I have like, that is the one I can't figure out. Cause there are some times where I'm like, okay, I can see what other people are talking about with this guy. Maybe he could do something. And then other times, you know, I look at stuff and I was like, bro, like this dude's going to have to get really good at holding a clipboard. Cause you know, like it's so frustrating. It, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel, but it's a, it's a weird class overall for that. But like, I think just because it's more toolsy guys doesn't mean that they're like, quote unquote, bad. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I resent like the implication that this is somehow like an aggressively bad class because like, like, yeah, sure. There aren't like blue chip dudes. Like there have been in like some recent classes, but it's like, there's enough of like, like, I don't know. There's enough of an objective, like ceiling that you can like identify looking at at least like the top handful of guys that it's like, yeah, sure. There's some risk involved, but like, a few of these guys could hit, man. I, I don't. I don't know. But that that's that's where my brain starts with the quarterbacks, at least. Am I nuts or no? Yeah, I th- I think it's fair, and I think from a fantasy perspective too. Like you know, like you said, like Desmond Ritter is uh, an enigma in some of those games in terms of his accuracy and throwing the football. But he's he's going to run. He's one of the best quarterback athletes we've had. Uh, you know, he's he's right up there probably a step behind Malik Willis and Lamar Jackson, but he's not that far off. Uh, so I, I think we can say, eh, you know, maybe maybe this class doesn't, like you said, doesn't have that blue chip prospect. But from a fantasy perspective, if we get four years out of Malik Willis, we get four years out of Desmond Ritter, we get four years out of most of these quarterbacks starting, that, that's going to be well worth it, I think, ultimately. And you're probably in Superflex, he's going to get them out of value because people are just 
have heard so much. This 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 is class is crap, and uh, I think that might be where you can gain an advantage. Yeah, man. You know, like so much about dynasty is caught up in the rhetoric of how things are presented to you, and I find that people are so willing to get caught up in a lot of that because like when i was in college i primarily focused my studies in journalism and also sociology and just like you know like taking a lot of that information away but then just like kind of applying viewing fantasy football through that lens like you're really able to see like exactly how people are able to track themselves one way or the other depending on how certain honestly like that's the thing that I, th- I mean, obviously, like film analytics, like you know, one number one and number two, but number three, the secret part they don't tell you about. You really got to understand rhetoric, man, because like, like people can like I have been caught on several hype trains that I should have gotten off like several stations back. And then I stayed on the whole time until it crashed and burned and flew off the rails and I shouldn't have. But like being able to like diagnose some of those things, you know, just like you, it can either work to your detriment or it can work to your benefit. And like what you just described there, like did, I think that's a way that people are going to be able to make that work to their benefit. Because it's like I heard the same thing about Mac Jones last year, man. I don't know anybody who's regretting that. <laughs> you know, so it's like, dude, I crazy stuff, crazy stuff. I think the fun part about quarterbacks, right, is like obviously they mean so much to your fantasy team, right? Like they mean an absolute ton to your fantasy football team. And like people are so willing to overpay for them. So when you like are talking about rhetoric, like in sociology, like understanding your league mates and understanding who's willing to pay up for guys that just have a shot at being good rather than the ones that are actually good already right like a lot of people are so willing to like take a shot at whoever's next rather than like you know just the guy that's already done it yeah right so uh, people people are probably out i realize that like malik willis is a bit of an exception in this class right but if you're looking at like matt corral and you're having to make the choice of like oh do you want matt corral or do you want like you know whether it's Ryan Tannehill plus quite a bit or whether it's, you know, any of those guys that are going to be successful for the next two, three years plus something and you're competing, maybe don't put all of your eggs in the Matt Corral basket. If you're competing because it doesn't actually help your fantasy football team because rookie quarterbacks hit how often in year one, Nelly? Uh, Not often. Very, very little. Analytics says so. (laughs) I mean, like, the value of the hypothetical unknown is so fascinating to people. You know what I mean? Because there's always that promise of, like, oh, but the future, that could be better. I'm telling you. Oh, wow, man. You know, like, every sports fan gets super high. Like, you know, like your baseball team that you choose to root for, whatever, is just like, I know that 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 top pitching prospect we have down in the minors. Now that guy, now when he comes up, oh, that's going to change our fortunes. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. And then they end up. You know, having like a career ERA of like five something and they only pitch for however many years until you, you know, designate them for assignment and they end up in Japan or something. But like, I, th- something about that, man. Something about that. I, I honestly think that's, it's the most fascinating part about fantasy to me, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like, I, the film stuff is very fascinating. Analytic stuff is very fascinating. But like, the people that you're trying to beat in your league, like, yes, they're like a collection of players and a collection of points, but like, they're also like, you know, depending on like your league size or whatever, like in most of my leagues, it's like I'm competing against an 11 other different brains and how those brains choose to assess different things. And it's like, dude, man, like if it's like, I don't know, man, like the best poker players can look around the table and know exactly what those other people at the table are thinking and doing and whatnot. I mean, like, that's kind of how you, how you do the thing, but I don't know if anything I'm saying at all makes any sense, but like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. Fantasy football is so much fun. And these are the aspects of this that I'm just like, dude, all about, baby. It's what it's all about. Everything you're saying is making sense. It's, I completely agree with you. What part of what I love is like, there are so many different ways that you can find your edge and there are so many different kind of aspects here. And, and like, you can be the best like player evaluator in the world, but if you can't like, evaluate market value and kind of 
make trades. Like you'll you'll still struggle and so, like you ha- you'll you have to pull from different aspects to kind of pull it all together. So I guess to circle back, like I love everything you were saying about the quarterbacks. I completely agree with your evaluations. And then like on top of that, we're getting a discount on these guys right now because everyone says this is a bad class. And while it might be a weaker class, that doesn't mean that like that doesn't completely write off the class like from the get-go. Like we could still get guys. We have a bunch of prospects who are not perfect but are toolsy. And I think specifically in fantasy football that matters. If you can run, you can make up for a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the fact of the matter, dude. Like that and we have enough of those guys that can run and it's like, yo, man. Like, I mean, like even Sam Howell, like he's one of those guys where I'll freely admit, I think like in the earlier part of my like evaluation process, like I kind of just had like this past year's goggles on my eyes and I'm just like, Oh, it was horrible. What the, what was that guy doing? And then I take off those goggles and I remember that like the great backfield he had behind him left Daz Newsome left for the NFL. Deami Brown left for the NFL. And it's like, Oh, well in context, his season is actually not nearly as bad as I thought it was, you know, because like you can't lose that, like that level of supporting cast that you're losing and still being able to put up decent numbers like that. Now that I've taken those bias goggles off a little bit and I'm like, Oh, this guy's actually okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. There could be something here. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get picked in the first round or anything, but I think, I mean, actually I want to kind of, I want to know what you guys think about that because like, I've seen so many, I mean, obviously like the whole, like, Oh, none of these quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. Like that's just, that's not happening. That's bullshit. There's always going to be a quarterback in the first round or something just because the demand at the position is always going to be, you know, more than what the supplies are like, how many do we really think are going to be drafted in the first round? Cause like I have like a ballpark number, but like, I don't know if it's a good guess or a bad guess. So I'm not going to go first cause I don't want to look dumb. <laughs> well, look, I'll, I'll start. I released the seven round mock draft today. So I, you know, I, I got my shot, I guess in there, I have three going in the first round. Um, I had Kenny Pickett at 16 to the saints um Malik Willis 20 to the Steelers and Matt Crowd 32 to the Lions and then I had another two going off the board in the next 14 picks so you know it, I think Ritter and Howell will go soon after if that's the case I, I just think either you're it's going to take the Panthers Falcons Seahawks trading down uh or you know some of these teams like the Steelers and the Saints that have been interested to take them where they lie. Uh, I'm still on board of like, I don't think these, I don't think we're going to see Malik Bullis at two. You know, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think these teams are just going to say, well, we need a quarterback. So we'll just take the guy, you know, we'll take a guy that, that threw three interceptions against Louisiana Monroe and like, screw it. They're still going to play the value game. And I think you still can play that game a little bit. Any other thoughts? I'm very curious. Yeah, I, I'm probably at like three or four quarterbacks. I think um, I think Malik Willis goes higher than that. I th- I think people are just gonna assume that their evaluations are right. That's what been what's happening at the quarterback position for how many years, right? Where quarterbacks are just keep getting pushed up the board regardless, right? Um, we had that fun draft. Was it 2013 with Jake Locker and and uh, my boy? Christian Ponder. Oh man, oh, CP7. I have not thought about these guys in a long time. <laughs> I think about it every day. I think about how we had Christian Ponder at quarterback and uh, Adrian Peterson ran, Adrian Peterson ran the ball for 2096 yards uh the year after he tore his ACL in week like 14 or 15. So that was, that was a fun team. That was pretty remarkable, man. I gotta say, you know, did... and some and somehow the play calling sheet kept getting smaller and smaller each season or like each game with Bill Musgrave, like it just kept getting smaller. And at, by the end, he was legit on a note card, right? He had a, like a three by five, and that was what he was calling plays on. It was like, you can't have memorized that many, buddy. You know, like I I get stretch play left, stretch play right, like all that stuff. Um, that was a fun camera angle that changed for us here. Um, but it's really rough being being a Vikings fan sometimes. But I think realistically, we're looking at four quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah, I'll take a shot in the dark. I, I think 
the uh, and no pushback if if I get this wrong because it's a shot in the dark. This is a pure upside guess. <laughs> um, Don't but, criticize me. Don't exactly. I said it so you can't do it. Um, no, I think the Falcons are going to trade up into the late first and take Desmond Ritter. I think they've. It feels like there have been rumors about the Falcons liking him like for a, over a year now at this point, and I think that just makes sense to sit behind Mariota and develop for a year and be on a first round uh, draft pick contract. I think we've seen that happen a few times in the past where teams will make that move up to make that happen. Yeah, that's. Like, I think for that reason, that's why, like, my ballpark guess this entire time has been four, just because it's, like, the three that people keep talking about, but then, like, that value of just eking into the very back part and just, because you you get the fifth year out of that, you know what I mean? Like, even if, like, if it doesn't work out, like, I, I'm, I don't have, like, the salary scale memorized, but, I mean, like, once you get to the back part of the first round, like, it's not nearly as constricting as it would be if you dedicate to trading all the way up into the top five or top 10 or something like you can afford to take that little bit of a gamble there. Like, man, like there, there are a few teams where I'm just like, honestly, like Tennessee is another one that kind of came to mind. Like I was talking about this on a podcast that I recorded yesterday, like kind of like looking at more like, I guess, quote unquote, under the radar spots. And I know, like, I think Ryan Tannehill's not going to be under contract after the 2023 season. Like, if you try and find one of those guys now, like, I think that could be really interesting. Like, I mean, I don't know what their draft capital is or even if it's even possible for them to pull it off. <laughs> I mean, it's just like just an idea that I had floating out in my brain. But like, yeah, dude, like the three that we're thinking of, but then like that surprise four where it's just like, because like teams, I mean, like you were just saying, like certain teams just fall in love with certain dudes and it's just like, yeah, we're doing it. Ugh, you can't stop me. And it's like, okay, cool, man. All right. Do you, <laughs> and we're not going to know for a couple of years if it was smart or not, but like, I can definitely see that happening. man. I can definitely see that happening. And like, I, I really hope we get a running back in the first round <laughs> because there's one that I really, 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 really want to go in the first round, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to be really sad. <laughs> I have a quick thought here. Yes. Are we a hundred percent sure that tomatoes are actually fruit? <laughs> I've gone down this rabbit hole, friendo. It's it's a rough one. <laughs> you t is anyone like a hundred percent sure? Um, I mean, I, I think I think so. You can't say I think I'm a hundred percent sure. That's not hundred percent. Like it's a hundred percent sure. Like it's a done deal. It is a fruit. So because the seeds are, you know, are on the inside. And it's a flowering plant, so it's a it's a fruit, right? That's that's Doesn't it. Cucumber have seeds on the inside. Yeah, but it's Duck, not. Man. Does it come from a, a flower? That's got to come from a flower too. Yeah, I, I, I apparently cucumbers are fruit. No. Yeah, apparently it's cucumber. <laughs> there are fruits. Yes, I you're right. Like you're right, Gabe. You're right. The cucumbers are fruit. You nailed it. Yeah, you go out into your backyard, you find your cucumber bush, you know, you pluck a couple cucumbers. <laughs> so Take a bite right out of like squash are both fruits? <laughs> yeah. Polish it off, just take a nice just right into it. You know, you really gotta you really gotta go or you eat it like corn on the cob, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My mind is blown. I was just kind of <laughs> just trying to give Shane some shit, but turns <laughs> then, out I stumbled oh. down a rabbit hole. Yeah, it's getting a, a lot more fruits than we think. A pepper is not a vegetable. Damn, it's a fruit. I think a lot of people just get caught up in the whole like, well, is it sweet or nah? Like the I think like that's kind of where like the lazy like splitting between fruit and vegetables and, came from. And I think that's as fair. it should. If I get a shit pineapple, that's a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> right? If fair. I take a bite of a plum and it's just terrible, vegetable. Muskmelon, vegetable. Like I feel like there's some that could just be weeded out just based on if they're sweet or not. I think that makes that makes enough sense. I At think it, it stands to reason. You know, like 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that's how a lot of people kind of classify it anyway, whether it's like scientifically true or not. You know, I mean, like, it, it's a decent way to look at it, you know, because I mean, like everything's made up in the grand scheme of things. I mean, why not? You know, like, nothing's actually, nothing's actually real. So, I mean, we can call anything whatever, you know, whatever. It's fine. Birds yeah. are real. So we're good. You know, thank you. See, I'm glad yeah. I got a fellow believer in here. Right, there we go. They're, right. they're definitely controlled by the government. 100%. I have zero doubts in my mind about this. I mean, the minute I found out about this, I was like, yes. Yes. It's all right there in front of us. It's all right there. You oh can't fool me. You can't fool me. I'm not sure if Nelly's going to make it through this this episode. I'm not sure if you will. We're just... I, I, I can't keep up. I was ready to like. I was ready to give my input on if I thought fruit, if I thought a tomato was a vegetable, and then all of a sudden we're talking about cucumbers and eating them like corn on the cob. And now we're talking about if birds are real. Well, here's the thing: drive over to Langley. Tell me how many birds there are. Just saying. Just. Just saying. That's true, but that might be a product of Langley. That's fair. That's that's a fair All right, Nelly. Here's a question for you. What do you think's going on at the Denver airport? <laughs> Isn't that one of those things that you're not supposed to talk about? Like, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. FBI, like, even if I did know, don't listen. Yeah, exactly. Hey, right, if you're an FBI agent listening right now, you have to pause this. You or yeah. or turn the volume down for the next thirty seconds. This I, is a this is a joke, FBI. <laughs> Um, uh, some crazy stuff's happening there. That's all I'll say. That's all I've got for you. Okay. 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 Isn't it shaped okay. weird? Yeah. That's for I, sure. I'm flying out to Denver at the end of the month, and now I'm really scared. <laughs> like, this is like, oh man. Just look at all the murals. Look at that blue horse with the red eyes, and you tell me something shifty's not going on. I'll keep an eye out. I'll keep an eye out. I, dude, I, yeah, this is. I just found a website. It's no, I, I, I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole at some point. It's gonna be weird. Do you know what's more fun, Shane? Do that at 3 a.m. when you have insomnia, because <laughs> I'll, you're I'll staying up till five. <laughs> you're gonna find out that Denver has extraterrestrial map coordinates. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I'm about it. I mean that uh, elevation yeah. is so high above sea level. Something has to be going on. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. they're closer to the aliens. I mean, like it's just true. Physically, they're closer. Done. That that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's kind of where my brain's at right now. Um. Shane, you want to teach us something? Uh sure. Yeah. I uh I figured since um, you know since. Herms was talking about sociology. I taught a little sociology this year. Um, is it about cults? It is not about cults. It's, it's about one of my favorite. Because I've been thinking lately, you know, uh, we only got a couple months till Scott Fishbowl. And uh, the the theme this year is influential women. So one of the biggest influential women on American sociology was Jane Adams who opened, it always amazed me, she opened the whole house in Chicago. So a settlement house basically for like immigrants and people that were poor. And like 1889, there's a woman in Chicago opening this house to like help people. And she basically is like kickstarted sociology in the United States by being the first person to be like, hmm, maybe like if we help poor people, like then they won't be poor anymore. And then we can get them out of the cycle. And when, you know, when we're talking late 19th century post-Civil Wars, like, no, you know, that's not how this works. Just make them work all the time. Um, so she became this, like, major, major figure around the world and uh, was just like, I, I don't know, to, to, I think to be a woman in the 19th century, be like, I'm going to do this thing. It doesn't matter. And uh, help, you know, people that everyone looked down on from prostitutes to immigrants to all of that and like treat them like equals, I think is a, is a, is a pretty cool thing. I think it's worth, we're talking about sometimes. Hell yeah. Treating yeah. all people like people. What a novel idea. You know, that's we're I pro like that. that. Yes, very much. Very yeah, much so. absolutely. This podcast row, stands sorry. behind that. <laughs> Dang man. We, 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 we are getting bold out here. I know we better call it down. <laughs> 
Uh, is there anything else we need to talk about before we get into our buy sells unknown stocks? Oh, I would like I to have, know one. You go, go for it. <laughs> I have, I have, I have one little thing. I've yeah. noticed that a lot of people are just like, oh man, like I'm not really sure how I feel about this Isaiah Spiller fella. Now, I mean, I don't know the athletic testing and the blah blah. I'm just like. Y'all are just like I, mean, I kind of had him ranked around where people are sliding him to the whole time. I think he is now being priced at a more appropriate value. I am willing to throw that take out there. You know what I mean? If he finds himself in more of like a like a power run scheme, I am absolutely here for it. You know what I mean? Like I think there's definitely a role for him. I think people were a little upset he didn't like, you know, like test super, super, super well or anything, but it's just like I don't know. It feels more appropriate now. If he yeah, feels homie was more crawling through mud. Yeah. During his 40 time. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to throw that out because I think, like, people's disappointment or whatever, just, I think it's his whole, you know, view of himself as a prospect or whatever. Like, it's, it's come down closer to, I think, where the reality was the entire time. I think people should not be nearly as bummed out about this as some people are. I will never forget the reaction in the Discord when we found out that 40 time. Like, it was just all gifts of, like, people crawling, people, like, with, (laughs) with walkers like it was just <laughs> a ton of gifts and i appreciated that so good job discord also shout out to the discord like join it uh it's great we're up to like over 520 some people in there so like join it it's awesome talk about debbie talk about c2c talk about dynasty talk about redraft talk about video games talk about you know other random things here's a question for you herms Now, I pose this to the Discord. Because I was thinking, Shane knows exactly where this is going. I do. Um, So, you know those people that, like, if they hear puking, they will also puke? Yeah. So, I was thinking, what bodily function would be the worst? Like, if it wasn't puke, what if it's, like, if you heard someone peeing, you were peeing? You know, is that worse or is it the poop situation? Because then you couldn't watch any movies. I Like, I think the mild inconvenience is funny. Shane brought that up in the Discord, like the coughing. Like, every time you heard someone cough, you coughed. Like, the mild inconvenience of that would be incredibly annoying. There's one that I'm thinking of that I think would probably be more uncomfortable than anything else, but it also turns a little bit too far into the not safe for work. But I don't know. I don't know. If I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it. But I think anybody who thinks long enough about it knows exactly what I'm thinking. That one would be the worst. I mean, that would be so awkward. <laughs> Just like I mean. Because, like, think of, like, especially if you're in, like, a heavily populated area and for some reason one person just has, they're doing that. Everyone, oh, God, oh, could I think the movie theater could be more exciting. You know, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, man. Just that's where my mind goes. Yep. I'm, popcorn uh, I'm just flying. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. All right. Ooh, yeah. But yeah, but I, that's that's the one for me. <laughs> I think like, oh, peeing or pooping, like realistically, right? Unless it's a private bathroom, you would never be able to leave a public bathroom that was busy, right? Because I mean, like every time you heard someone peeing, you would have to pee. So like you'd never be able to go to the bathroom in an airport. That's true. Oh, that's so true. Oh yeah. I mean, like pretty, I'd have like, to be an airplane peer. Would be pretty awful. <laughs> Yeah, I turn into an airplane peer, and for me, that would be terrible. I've done that a handful of times. It's not. It's not a. It's not a pleasant experience. I mean, like it's smaller than any small closet that has ever existed, and they're just like, "Yeah, this is enough for adult-sized people." cool this will work and i'm like what like i don't the reasons i hate flying actually really have nothing to do with the fear of flying it's the other aspects of it like that that i'm just like really if i have to like if at any point during this flight i have to go into like that little tiny like you know waste dungeon i'm just like no this sounds awful i'm not doing like yeah it's it's really terrible and then right my hubris says i can stand up and do this can you one set of turbulence and uh 
that things that are going pride, That pride goes downhill. A little bit. A little it's bit. Pride before the fall, I think, is the phrase, right? <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, so let's just hop into our buys and sells here. Shane, I know you're just about sick of my nonsense. Do you want to talk about your buy, sell, and your unknown stock? Yeah, let's do it. So I'm, I'm going to do a couple rookie receivers here. My buy, and he's been a buy on here before, uh, is Alec Pierce, the receiver from Cincinnati, I think is going to go much higher than people are anticipating. Uh, I think there's a ceiling of second-round draft capital there. Probably ends up in the third round in a good situation. What if he goes to Atlanta or Green Bay? Now we start talking about, oh, you know, hey, this is a guy that can start day one. I think if you're in a C2C, you're in a league where somehow he's rostered, you know, you could buy him or be in good position for that. Uh, my sell, uh, Nelly, you can cover your ears, but it's Sky Moore. I think the Sky Moore hype is a little bit too far for me. Um, I, I think he's good, but like, I, I think he's in just a big bunch of other receivers, and they're going to be people at the 112, 201 in your Superflex rookie drafts are like, man, I love Sky Moore. I'm going to take him. I, I just think the upside isn't quite there for fantasy uh, more than reality. And my unknown is a player that's kind of under the radar, but I think could be like the Deontay Johnson of this draft. And that's Danny Gray, receiver from SMU. Um, not a lot of people are talking about him. Very good athlete, very quick, has some deep speed, plays special teams. I think he could get day two draft capital and ultimately be in a good situation that, you know, you probably should be drafting him. People are going to fade him because no one talked about him pre-draft. Those are the kind of players I love to take. Let's turn to Mr. Numbers. Nelly, what do you got? Yeah, so I've got a dynasty buy. I'm buying Miles Sanders. Um, you would have heard this. If Shout out our our uh, our secret shoppers. We, we did a pod earlier and I talked about this a little bit, but um he's just he's pretty good and he's been unlucky with with injuries and and touchdown rate but i think he's better than anyone the eagles would potentially draft in the third round or later this year and i don't think they're going to draft someone in the first or second round so so i like that sort of situation and he's so cheap right now i I just did a startup he went in like the 10th or 11th round it's just it's it's so cheap um i am selling myself i joined a flag football league i dropped a pass right down the seam went right through my hands and um so my drop rate is through the roof and to top it all off i woke up this morning and i am still so sore i can barely move around and i i'm too young to be too sore like three days after a flag football game so my stock is really far down right now um my unknown stock. This is kind of a concept thing. I don't know what to do with these these um, these Debbie C two C assets who transfer from G five schools to to Power five schools because um, there's so much more unknown built into them. So guys like uh, Kanata Mumfield, Corey Rucker, uh, Jacob Cowan, guys like that, um, they they lose a little bit of the college fantasy football allure. Um, while becoming a better Debbie asset, but I don't know what to do with them. Like, I don't know what that does to their value. That's fair. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm probably buying fried chicken. I'm going to buy fried chicken on Wednesday. That sounds good. (laughs) Like bite in, like, if you think about it and like, then you bite into fried chicken and you're like, this is worth it. Like never have I bitten to fried chicken and been like, that wasn't worth it. It's always worth it. Never once, right? Um, so I'm buying fried chicken for sure. Um, also, another a player that I'm I'm buying is Jalen Hurts, though, um, because I think we basically have from this trade. It's basically the Eagles saying you got another year. Pretty right? much, like the chances that they trade two of their first round picks this season and still draft a quarterback with all the current holes on their team doesn't seem like the smartest move by the Eagles. Um, so I, you know, if you need that player, I think Jalen hurts is, is a really, really solid bet to uh, kind of be that top eight, top seven, top eight fantasy quarterback this season. Um, someone I'm selling um, and I'm curious to hear 
your guys's take here but um it's not just a guy but like the whole Miami Dolphins wide receiver core like i i realize right that Tua is is a talented quarterback right but and i realize that the system's going to change but is everything else going to continue to change right not only do we think that things are going to be better in the run game but also now we expect them to like support two wide receivers and have Tua do so well to support two wide receivers while also having a running back that does really really well all with an offensive line that's subpar like so that all that doesn't make sense to me um so I doubt we're going to continue to have I I think Jalen Waddle probably takes the biggest hit unfortunately Uh, I don't think he's a top 12 dynasty value at wide receiver anymore um, which is unfortunate because I think he's incredibly talented. Um, someone I don't know what to do with. Um, there's a few, but I'm going to go J Rob, the old James Robinson. Like I, I realize right. That, that when he played, he was talented. Right. But also we were talking about a guy that was getting like 90 some percent of the snap. So that makes sense why he was, you know, putting up good fantasy points and then he gets hurt and the team still hasn't showed any interest in trying to show that he's a bigger portion of the team right because he's still on that small deal um and this is his third season right this will be coming up on his third season whenever he comes back too i mean you know that's going to be the other wrinkle in it as well but yeah, yeah i mean it's but they can extend him this year if they wanted to right I think so. You yeah. can do it. Yeah. So, and they, it's not like they're going to jump at the bit to do that, right? They're not chomping at the bit to like give him more money. So that basically tells me that like he doesn't matter to the long term plans, right? We haven't even heard an inkling, right? That, that the team's really happy with J Rob, right? And then they, Etienne obviously goes in the first round and he's going to be the guy. And then, now he's coming back from injury, and it's not just a small injury to come back from. Um, so I I don't know what to do with him. Like, he's cheap. Like, he's incredibly cheap. He's like a late second. Like, is he even worth that price? Does he Is he ever leading a backfield again? I don't know. But, Herms, you're up. Buy, sell, unknown stock. All right, so I'm going to buy into the idea that people should try like a Debbie league or campus to Canton or something like that. Cause it's like, look, I've been a consumer of this type of content for a while, but I was like a little nervous to kind of dive in. I found myself into a campus to Canton league that only does like the power five conferences to make it like less intimidating, like right off the bat. But I mean, so far, I mean, like I'll tell people like my firsthand experience, you know, in my first, you know, startup draft that I did, I was like, you know, like probably at the first six rounds or so I'm like, okay, I know who these guys are. <laughs> All right, cool. But like after that, it's like, it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. Cause it's like, yeah, like I didn't know like a ton of the players out there, but it was like, oh, like I got some research to do. You know, it's fun. It's like, I found it personally to be like super fun. And it's just like, oh, maybe I don't know a ton about this. I'm going to have to dive into a completely different pool of players and, you know, do some stuff like that. If you're super into that type of stuff, then absolutely go for it. Like I spent a long time being super into baseball. And one of my favorite things about being a huge baseball fan is that I would go through, you know, like all the different teams, farm systems and, you know, look at those prospects, you know, before they came up to the majors. Like if you were like a really big fan of doing stuff like that, like honestly, like, Give one of these leagues a try. You know what I mean? Because, like, I I guarantee you there are probably, you know, listeners to this that, you know, maybe like me, they were just like, you know, like, this is interesting, but I'm afraid to take the leap into actually doing it. Don't be afraid. Give it a shot. I think, it, like, at least so far what I've experienced has been super fun. So there you go. Buy into taking that leap and just, you know, seeing if it's for you or not. I'm selling the idea that you shouldn't because it's... <laughs> Like, seriously, though, Um, selling, uh, I've noticed myself getting like really nervous about the shares of Michael Carter that I have just because like there's not like a ton of draft capital invested into him. And like for as well as he performed for a decent stretch there, I don't really see him being like, I mean, like 
just from like a prospect profile standpoint, I never expected him to be like the dominant leader in a backfield anyhow. And like the, the Jets, like the, there's nothing that would prohibit them either this year or at some point probably next year if they really wanted to delay it just one year further there's nothing to stop them from going to get a guy that would leapfrog him on the depth chart in some sort of like weird opportunity split anyway so it's just like i made this analogy on another show that i was on recently where it's just like the michael carter hot potato is really starting to get hot right now and the last thing i want to do is just have that burning in my hands there's just something like so frustrating mentally about that that i'm just like i don't want to do another you know if it ends up burning like well i guess i'm mixing burning metaphors but whatever like if it ends up if it ends up burning me in the future that i gave up too soon it's like fine i'm willing to accept that but like there's something about it i'm just like dude it makes me too nervous plus i mean it's it's the jets what are we talking about there you know but my unknown i'll tell you what taking it into the prospect realm wide receiver trey turner at a Virginia Tech, I'll tell you what, I live in the television market, so, like, I was able to, like, watch a few of those games, and it's like, man, I'm not sure exactly how high he's going to go in the NFL draft, but I think he performed well enough doing certain, like, combine stuff that, like, I see enough of an athletic profile for him that, like, he could be, like, a pretty, you know, like, that third wide receiver on a team that could, like, occasionally come in and do some, like, you know, like, you know, bigger play stuff, not, like, you know, anything, like, super flash or anything, but, like, I think he could be an interesting kind of like, you know, like depth piece that you have on your team for a while. That Like every every now and then a decent little plug and play for you. Like if he really hits a ceiling, like I think that's a guy like one of like later picks in your rookie drafts. Like I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Trey Turner. I think he's incredibly fascinating. Well, I forgot to unmute my mic. 100% agree. Um, but we want to say thank you so much for to uh, Herms for joining us. We're so happy that he was here. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at HermsNFL. Go and check out his work. He's a featured writer at Fantasy Pros. He is the host of At The Lateral, um, his, his podcast. So make sure to check that out, At The Lateral FF. Make sure to check that out and make sure just to support people. Keep being friendly to other people because you never know what they're going through. Um, but for now, that is it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you.